Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird. This podcast is brought to you by The Joyful Fashionista, an online marketplace for buying and selling secondhand and sustainable clothing. Make cash selling as you declutter or buy sustainable and fabulous fashion. Yuma Friglisters and welcome. Today I have a special guest and of course all of my guests are special. Today's guest is someone who had an idea about how to help others and has turned it into a not-for-profit organisation that in four years has already helped around 5,000 children. Hannah Andrevsky is the founder and CEO of Roundabout Canberra. In 2018, Hannah was on maternity leave with a newborn and a toddler, and after struggling to find somewhere to pass on her pre-loved baby items, she decided to do something about it. Roundabout Canberra rehomes pre-loved baby and children's items to local families experiencing hardship. Four years on, they've helped approximately 5,000 children with essential items such as cots, prams, car seats, clothing, linen, toys, school-related items, and toiletries. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. Thank you, Serena. I really appreciate you having me. Well, I really appreciate having you. You just have such an inspirational story. And let's share it. So let's go back to the beginning. You were a mum to young children at a time when many women are still not sleeping well, let alone thinking about starting a new endeavour. And then what happened? Yeah, so um, back in 2018, I was on maternity leave with yeah my, my newborn and my toddler. With both children, I had wanted to be able to pass on my great quality secondhand goods. And there wasn't any easy way to, to do that in Canberra and to know that the items were going to families who were experiencing hardship. And I particularly liked the idea of making sure that they were going directly to someone that really needed them. Mm. I'd come across some charities in, in Google searches. I'd come across some charities in other parts of Australia that, that do what we now do, such as St Kilda Mums, which many, many of your listeners might have heard of before. And I just thought, why isn't there something like that in Canberra? So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I had some time on my hands and I, yeah, basically gathered a bunch of women from my social network and my working life and pulled them together to form the initial sort of operations committee and board that that enabled Roundabout to get off the ground. Wow, what a story. And there is something unique about being able to feel like you can pass on things that your children once loved to another family. Oh my God, the stuff that you get, you accumulate when you have kids. Oh, absolutely. So much stuff. They grow so fast. Yeah, their needs are constantly changing. So yeah, it's nice to know that you're able to pass things on to, to people who might not be in a position to buy those things for their own children. And was it scary starting up the structure at first? Like what were your first sort of moves? Was there a point at which you had your first client where you went, wow? Yeah, so I was really lucky in that I had some people around me who had had some experience setting up their own charities. So I was able to learn from them and learn from their mistakes and experiences. And I, you know, was able to get some great help, pro bono help from some professional services such as lawyers and accountants. So setting up the the framework uh, around the charity was not so scary because I had um, good support with that. But yeah, in those early days, I actually had to work really hard to convince 
So so the way we operate is we we work directly with social services and community organisations, so public hospitals, women's refuges, migrant and refugee support services, those types of organisations. And in those early days, I had to work really hard to convince the services that that they should use us. And I think for a lot of them, it just sort of sounded a little bit too good to be true. Like we don't have <laughs> our service, it's convenient and saves them a lot of time. And and yeah, I, I do remember having to make phone calls, follow up with emails, make more phone calls. And and we, I found that once people used us once, and so our first our first main clients were the the Canberra Hospital and particular women's support service for women who are experiencing crisis called Karina House. But I found once once they started using the service, they were sold and, and you know, there was no looking back after that. And then it, it grew word of mouth and, you know, lots of social workers told other social workers and, and, and now we're helping, we're working with 90 social services and community organisations. So it's it's definitely grown. Wow, that's quite phenomenal. But you're right though, like a lot of these services, particularly those who are helping Mothers who may have left difficult family situations, they're by necessity a bit cautious, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also their time is very precious. The the services we're working with, they're all under-resourced, overworked. So I think for them, they don't want to spend their time doing something that's not going to be of value to them and their clients. Yeah, but, but, but now that they're all working with us and that they understand the benefit of what we're doing, I, th- I think they've it's really it's saving them a lot of time and delivering allowing them to to focus their attention on actually providing the direct support to their clients which is what they're there to do in the first place yeah exactly and no doubt they are fairly busy how are you seeing the demand for what you are providing how is that going is it growing is it diminishing no it's it's definitely growing and i think part of that is probably more over time over the four years that we've been operating i think part of it is more and more services becoming aware of us and and starting to use us but there's also an increased need in the community so I think COVID really was the 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 starting point of some pretty tough times for a lot of people job losses challenges accessing goods and and now I think you know a lot of the language that we're hearing is around the increased cost of living and lots of stories about people struggling to pay for their food, pay for their petrol, cover their rent. So yeah, so we in our first year of operations, we helped about 350 kids and last year we helped just over 2,000. I think those numbers show that the need's definitely increasing. Wow, that's quite a lot. And so how do you how do you help people? So what what is how does Roundabout work? We have a I guess sort of a warehouse or a sorting hub here in Canberra out in West Belconnen and basically we're open we are open sort of for the five sessions during the week where members of the public can come and drop off their secondhand baby and children's items so we help newborns through to size 16 children so yeah so roughly 16 years old and they come and drop their donations off there and that's where our volunteers so we've got a team of about 250 volunteers and that's where they spend their time sorting, checking, cleaning, packing the donations to make sure that they're in great condition. We want them to be like a gift for the families that we're passing them on to so that they feel as though someone's put some love and care into into the items that they're receiving. And, and that's also where the social workers and social services come to collect orders. 
we will work with any organisation that's supporting families and whenever they're working with a family that's in need of goods, they place an online order with us and then we pack that up and then the service comes and picks it up and takes it to the family. So we deliberately don't have any contact with the families themselves and for us that's about protecting their dignity, so recognising that it can be it can be hard for some people to ask for help and we think if, if they already have a relationship with a, a service or an organisation, it's nicer that they can ask for help through those means. But also if, if they're not already working with a service, I, I think our view is that if people are in need of material goods for their children, they probably do need some other form of support and we're just not in a position to provide that. So if, if we're ever contacted directly, we, we connect the families with a, an appropriate service. It takes a lot of courage to admit that you are suffering from real financial problems, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we do hear lots of stories from the social workers that we're working with saying that a lot of the families So for some of them, I think it is hard to ask for help, but a lot of families who have very genuine need don't want to ask for help because they feel they're taking taking that help away from other people who might need it more than them. But it's so important, though, if you don't ask for help, you can't get help. And it's so important in terms of not just surviving in, in the short term, but breaking that poverty cycle longer term as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Wonderful. So, you know, sometimes I think I feel it can be awkward when you've got some good things and you wonder about whether to offer them to other people, like friends, because sometimes people want new things and having kids is a good example of that. Like some people just want to go out and they want to buy all the new things. One thing I'm really big on is just normalizing, having that conversation about giving things that no longer bring you joy on. Is this something that you're also passionate about? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's actually, it's really interesting because we find that we we have a lot of people who donate goods to us that, that want to share share the joy that, that those those items have brought them. So they want to have a conversation and tell us about their experiences and how they've used the items and what it's meant to them. And I think that's part of that process of cleaning out and letting things go. But it's actually really nice because you can see there's been so much love and joy that's come from these <laughs> and then and, and it's a bit of a, a process for people to let go of it. But yes, absolutely. It's something I am, I've always, I, I'm not someone who holds on to things in my house. I find it very easy to to let go of things and just appreciate the the pleasure that it's brought me. It's really nice to see the, the process that people go through to pass things on to roundabout. I'm laughing a little bit because I can remember I had my first child and then my sister had a baby and then I had another baby. So I'd given away a lot of babies close to my sister. <laughs> And then my sister gave them all back to me. We sat down over afternoon tea and we went through all the clothes and both of us had really beautiful memories. Oh, weren't they so cute when they were wearing this? And it was it was almost like a ritual. I think it's, you know, letting go of those memories of when your child's a tiny little baby and moving on to the next stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, it's so nice. But I do, I do also think in Canberra, and I know a lot of your listeners aren't from Canberra, but in Canberra, there are a lot of people who are just here for work. And so they don't have friends or family or mm. anyone you know, in their circle to pass things on to. So, you know, again, it's a really nice opportunity for people to donate things to Roundabout and, and know that it's going to go to someone who appreciates it. While we are talking about Canberra, and as you noted, a lot of my listeners are not in Canberra, but Canberra has quite a few unique characteristics. You've mentioned one already that it's a highly transient population. 
Let's just talk about what it's like living in Canberra, particularly if you are struggling with finances. Yes, I am not quite born, but definitely bred in Canberra. So I've been in Canberra since I was four. So I'm definitely a Canberran. For myself growing up in Canberra, I, you know, I went to public schools. I was definitely exposed to people from different backgrounds and I guess circumstances, but I had absolutely no idea until I started roundabout that there was such, I guess, people in Canberra who, who struggle financially and who are living very close to or on the poverty line. And I think it's actually kind of interesting because I think when I thought about starting roundabout, I think I, my initial interest was probably more from a sort of middle class point of view where I wanted an avenue to pass on my great quality goods and to give them to someone who needed them and I I think I didn't truly understand at that point how much need there was and it was only when I actually started roundabout and got it up and going and off off the ground that I realized how important a service like this is in Canberra because there is a huge need and the need has has increased obviously um, in the last couple of years with the world the way it is. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think Canberra's expensive. It's an expensive city to live in. The rents are high. The cost of food is high. So I think for, for a lot of the families that we're helping, they, they, yeah, they really are struggling with those, those really basic essentials. The thought of having to purchase warm winter clothes for their children every year as they grow and access bedding to keep them warm is, there's a, there's a mental load that comes into that in terms of having to find those goods and and get them, but then also just a cost associated with it. So yeah, um, it's nothing more depressing, I think, than being poor and cold. Yeah, that's right. And we have heard some heartbreaking stories in the last couple of months about families with multiple children living in tents or staying in a shed with no heating and no access to running water. So. I think I think people are, yeah, there are some really sad stories. Exactly. And it's very hard to deal with it when it's minus five outside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's hard enough if you're in a solid brick house, let alone out in the elements. Yeah, very much. What can we do to help people who are experiencing need? Yes. So obviously in Canberra, a roundabout will very gladly take great quality secondhand baby and children's items. But there are also other organisations that do exactly what we do in other parts of Australia. We have a list of those on our website, so www.roundaboutcanberra.org. And I'd really encourage your listeners in in other parts of Australia to have a look and see if there are organisations near them because, yeah, like us, they also are are doing wonderful stuff for um, for children in, in their own communities. So I think, yeah, just consider donating your your secondhand goods and giving them another another life and, and an opportunity for someone to access them who might not otherwise be able to. And how important is sustainability to your social enterprise model? Or not-for-profit, I'm not quite sure how you're constituted. We're a not-for-profit, but, I mean, you know, there's, there are also, you know, we are, I guess, a business as well, even though we're not, at, we're not out there to make profit. But, yeah, we – but it is hugely important, hugely important. So we always say our primary focus is on helping children and their families, but our secondary focus is around reducing the impact on the environment and the amount of goods that go to landfill. So we obviously play a a large role in that in terms of reusing, rehoming, repurposing goods. But there are some, some really special ways that we do that. So one is 
We're the only organisation in Canberra that will rehome a secondhand car seat. Wow. I didn't think you could even give away car seats. Yeah, you can. So we do a very thorough safety check on the car seats that come to us that we've put together with assistance from a number of other organisations and that involves a, a, a close physical inspection. I mean, there is nervousness from from some people around secondhand car seats, but it's also a huge amount of plastic that goes to the tip if you're not able to reuse it. So we're rescuing all those secondhand car seats that would otherwise have gone to the tip because there's no other organisation that will take them. We only rehome those that are safe, and, and sadly there are some that do have to go to be disposed of if they're not safe, but that's obviously very important to take them out of circulation. But we also, we're very clever about how we we repurpose things and find a use for things. So we have an incredible team of sewers who turn like, damaged linen. So if it's got a stain or a hole in one corner, they'll use the rest of it to create cloth bags for us to give out library bags with book packs and toiletry packs and things like that. So it also means the families are helping have a, have a lovely little homemade bag as well. And then we give some things to wildlife organisations to use for rescued animals. Yeah, so it, it is, it's a huge part of what we do, a huge part. Because it can be really tempting as a new parent, and I know I've done this myself, you run out and you buy everything. Yeah. Part of your nesting instinct, right? So you want to have all this stuff. And then you think, why did I need all that stuff to start with? Yeah, I do have to say people buy far too much baby clothing, which Obviously ends up with us, which is fabulous. But when we look at the the clothing in the the triple zero to size two age groups, it, it's people buy far too much clothing in those sizes. I know, but they're so cute. They are so cute. <laughs> they are so cute. But it's just unbelievable how how much there is. Everyone should buy secondhand so that we're not contributing to issues. If you were advising someone who was about to have a baby on what the essential things were that could be looking to set up a nursery or provide for their children, what are the sort of things that are essential in your playbook and what are the sort of things that are sustainable as well? I mean, I guess there are lots of opportunities to buy things secondhand. There are some great quality secondhand items available. Like I appreciate it can be overwhelming for people and that people don't always know what they're looking for. But I, I guess I won't, I won't list the whole list, but I think, I think people should start small and buy as they need. And yeah, because I think it, it is so, it's so tempting. And I, I'm sure I did the same thing when I had little babies. There's so many cute little outfits. So you want to just go out and buy everything. But I think start small and buy as you need. And then you know that, that what you, what you're purchasing and, and bringing home is, is required. Well, exactly. Cause often you do go out and buy all these things. And then once the baby comes, people give you this stuff and you, it's, which is lovely and it's so generous, but you didn't expect it. So it's suddenly excess. Yeah, absolutely. So finally, do you have a frugalista tip to share? Yeah, so I tried to think hard about about what I could share, and I guess this is not really a, a, a it's not really a tip to benefit your listeners. It's more to benefit organisations like myself. But but one thing that we really love to receive at Roundabout, and I'm sure the other charities that do what we do in other parts of Australia would be happy to receive them too, is the bags that Dunas and Manchester come in, so those sort of thick plastic zip bags. Oh, yes, I know those. Yeah, so we really love those. We we reuse those for toy packs and linen packs and, and things like that. So please don't ever throw those out. Jump on our website and have a look at the other organisations around Australia that do what we do and, and 
pass those on because they're they're really handy and we we often hear feedback from the social work social workers that we work with who say that for the families that we're helping it's really helpful for them to have some bags often they're in temporary accommodation or you know they may have to move and it's just it's nice to have have some solid bags to to pack some of their stuff into don't throw them out that's a great tip because I always hate throwing those out personally. I try and use them for clothes storage because I have way too many clothes. Yeah. Long story. But yeah. but that's a really great tip for knowing where they can go, that they will be really used and appreciated. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I just feel incredibly blessed when I think of my own life and the fact that we've got a roof over our head and warm meals in winter and adequate heating and I'm conscious that not everyone does have that right now. Thank you for the incredible work that you do, bringing comfort to so many families, but particularly helping provide for children. Thank you, Serena. I really appreciate you having me. It was yeah, really great to chat. Lovely. And so if you have items to donate to Roundabout or similar charities, you can have a look at the Roundabout website and there's a list of details. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. And of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley. i